0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with com. Our guest today is Ben Gleisner, the founder and CEO of Kogo. Ben is an economist, environmentalist and social entrepreneur who launched Kogo in 2018. He launched a business in London before moving back to his home country of New Zealand early last year. For those of you who are not in the know, Kogo is an app that helps consumers make informed decisions when it comes to reducing their carbon footprint. In other words, it empowers consumers with their data through an open banking technology, showing them their footprint, making easy recommendations on how they can lower it through various actions, such as having a plant-based diet, buying secondhand goods, or aligning their spending by showing them businesses that are taking action to reduce their impact on the environment. Kogo is currently trading in New Zealand and the UK, but has plans to expand to new markets, with Australia being next on the list. So today we're gonna talk to Ben about how he got the idea to start his business and much more. Hi Ben, thank you for joining us today.
1: Hi, June. Great to be here. Welcome to New Zealand.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right. So let's just dive to the question. So after working for the New Zealand Treasury for seven years, uh, you made the decision to switch careers. And one that was not an easy one to entrepreneurship. You dived in, uh, like you know. So um, basically, you tell us like, you know, the story, because it's so hard to get a job in the government,
1: sure.
0: <laughs> more so in the treasury. Why did I
1: leave the... <laughs> my cushy job? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So what what was the story and what was the behind so that?
1: I'd done uh, university environmental economics. So I had my master's um, and I was like, where would I want to go to try and create change in the world, um, positive impact? And yeah, the treasury was an opportunity that I got a job in and I worked for many years on climate change policy uh, on social policies like how do we get more people into jobs and things like this and then um, also things around how do we measure progress in society so how do we measure things aren't just about financial growth but also social environmental um, stuff so but the reason that I was like man this is so slow and like things just take more time and so I'd been doing all this work trying to create impact and change in the world but it just wasn't moving. And I was looking at things like you know technology companies and, and other things, things like you know, the Netflix and Ubers and Airbnbs in the world now, that sort of they were the ones that were changing the world, I guess. And I was like, look, if I'm going to change the world, I don't know if flying around, going to the United Nations and having meetings about climate change was actually causing more climate change than it was probably solving. So I was like, yeah, it wasn't creating enough change. So I decided uh, to start working four days a week. And on the other day, I worked on an idea yet called Conscious Consumers, which is the predecessor to COGO. So it was really just, I wanted to use, I wanted to change the world and I wanted to basically think about the ways that we're gonna make that happen. And it didn't feel like government was the place to do that. Uh, So yeah, that's why we, um, well I left and set up the first business, which was Conscious Consumers.
0: Okay, so was that your first job? Uh,
1: My first job actually uh, was out of um, university. The first time I did chemical engineering as a degree uh, and actually my first job was, uh, I bought a cafe. So I worked in the cafe. So my first entrepreneurial thing was actually owning a coffee shop. So oh. that was in 1999. It's not on my, you know, LinkedIn or, a, you know, CV. But yeah, I, my first job was actually um, a coffee shop. And uh, I, I bought that uh, when I was 21 years old.
0: And you sold it to join the government? We sold
1: or? it, exactly. Sold it um, then set up a music festival business that was promoting organic, sustainable development and zero waste. So that was 21 years ago. So sold the cafe, bought and set up a sort of music festival. It was Yeah. And then as, again, this was like trying to change the world and get people to think about these things. And it was like, again, not things weren't going, whatever. You, I couldn't see the impact we were creating from a festival. Do people who find out about recycling go home and recycle after the festival? I don't know. And so, That was when I went back to do my masters and then end up in government. So yeah I've had a few different let's say uh, entrepreneurial uh, things in my life but government felt like a good place to be for those years but in the end it wasn't entrepreneurial enough enough probably it wasn't innovative enough it wasn't it wasn't changing things fast enough.
0: Awesome okay so you went for four days and then you quit right and then went to your business. So tell me about that transaction. So how long were you doing for part-time work for the government before you decided to, you know,
1: yeah, you know hang so the boots? And- hang the boots up. Yeah. I
0: think
1: <laughs> it was, yeah. About, as I said, towards the last maybe two years of my time in government, I was doing four days a week. Um, and then it was like, I think we, we got some funding from government, actually, not my, you know, not my department, but another, another agency in government and some local council funding and, I think we had our first child and my wife was like, I'm going to work from home. And I was like, oh, why don't I work from home, set up an office at home and and try to give this thing a go. So um, yeah, it was in 2012 that I I, I quit the job. And by that stage, we'd, we'd sort of proven that the idea was something that maybe could be something in terms of a business, but it was still a charity at that time. So Kogo, as you said, was born in 2018, but there was almost seven years of sort of, work that was done beforehand in the same space but mostly through a charity um that, that we set up to sort of run the business here. Yeah.
0: all right so you left your job and then did you have like a lot of savings or what was the initial investment for conscious <laughs> yeah, consumers it, w-
1: it was a mixture of yeah a little bit of uh, work for free for sure so you know mm-hmm. um, managed to yeah save some money working in the government um and then yeah we got funded with grants so know local because our platform was helping consumers think about their impact as you said but also we're supporting businesses to also respond and particularly around things like reducing their waste that they were creating and things so governments and and stuff actually were giving money and so philanthropic so charities would actually give us money so uh, people would just donate money to us and then the governments give us grants so we had a little bit of money, enough. It wasn't the same pay I was on at Treasury, mm-hmm. but it was enough um, to make sure uh, you know we had enough money for our baby to have food and things like this. But um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was good. It was definitely worth it. Looking back on it, it was definitely the right move. Yeah.
0: So you started as a one man show, or did you have like uh, some? I had a co founder.
1: Yeah, Melissa, yeah. Uh, a, a woman who I was at university with, actually um, doing the masters of environmental um, uh, studies together she was working actually in the ministry for the environment and I was working at the treasury so we both sort of in our spare time set up conscious consumers I guess um and yeah so she she actually ended up coming on and working in the business as well um but yeah so those two of us really two founders
0: awesome is she still in the business
1: she's actually um had her second kid and is now living out of wellington so She's involved with the charity, the the, the major owner or the the biggest owner of the company is actually the charity now. So that when we incorporated and set up Kogo, the charity actually was was the big shareholder in the company because they built it up to that point. So she actually represents the charity sort of uh, on the company's um, board.
0: Awesome, okay, so I'd like to ask this question. How did you tell your boss at the time when you were working that you wanted to go part-time and work on your dreams? Yeah. Was that a different, different conversation?
1: I think it was funny because um, Vicki Robertson uh, was my boss at that time. Um, she's now the chief executive of um, the Ministry of the Environment here in New Zealand. It's funny because at the time the government realised a lot of people were working really long hours and you know like work life balance is not so good. So they were really trying to champion that the Treasury or the government could be a place where people could work part time flexibly and stuff. So. In some ways there was a big open door that when I said I want to do four days they were like great because we want to support people to be able to do four days working week um so yeah in short they were supportive of it and um I don't know I think in many ways they realized that four days lots of evidence now that four day working week you get a lot more value than 80% out of someone when they work four days so there's also from an economist point of view you get better return on investment maybe uh so who knows if it was sit the argument as well but yeah, it was not another a hard conversation, and um, yeah, they ended up losing me, I guess. So after a couple of years, I, I left the, the chief executive and even the government uh, ministers who I worked with. Um, you know, they they knew that I was leaving, and they all said, "Well, at least you're going to go and do some work that was going to create impact that we're also trying to achieve in the world." So in some ways, or in New Zealand, so it felt like a almost I was actually going out to do some of the sort of things that government was trying to do anyway, like climate change or plastic waste or social inequality and these things. So it was almost an easier sell about why I was leaving. It wasn't like I've given up on government. And I want to go and, I don't know, start doing some mining somewhere or whatever. Some stuff the government, you know, would be a bit like, why are you guys, why are you doing that? So, yeah.
0: No, but um, I just wanted to ask you because not all bosses are very happy, keen on their employees working on other projects while working with them. But yes. you're very lucky to get a very good boss. New Were Zealanders,
1: you... yeah, I think New Zealand government particularly, they're, they're quite progressive. I mean, in some ways, think about me and my team here now. Um, We really want to make sure that the people that work for this company feel like they're being supported and if they want to work three days a week and have time with their family or they want to work four days and do one day a week on something it's like as a good business you should offer that because you'll you'll keep that person working for you mostly they'll definitely tell their friends about how cool it is to work here and so you build I guess a culture where the people who work for you feel valued and understood and um, yeah so I think it's a it's a no-brainer Again, more and more now, Uh, it's moving in that direction.
0: Awesome. So did you doubt yourself throughout the whole journey? Because, you know, a treasury job is a really good job and it's hard to get. and you made all the cream de la cream but you left it and you went into your business so while you were working on it in the early days did you ever think oh my god i should call my ex-boss and say go back i want a job
1: yeah there was probably two or three times i can remember not so much like yeah i did actually probably think that if i did want another job i would go back to treasury because it was a good place to work um they were doing interesting things i think the main challenge was just financial um security probably around you know, my wife um, had gone back to work, maybe we were about to have a second child. And it was like, you know, it was just a little bit of too much uncertainty about the future. So I think that definitely was um, one of the reasons, uh, probably the main reason why i thought about it in the past would have been, man, I, I don't know if we're going to have any money in six months time in this business. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there was definitely, and then we were also moving to the UK uh, as a family, as you said, that was actually really Quite hard in the first maybe six months uh when we got there um it's, it's just it's just a, it's yeah there's a lot of pressure and 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 particularly a financial pressure on on a startup you know when you start a business what what is it 99 percent of them just never never happen and so yeah, yeah. you know so we we i felt that at least yeah two times three times when it was like and i guess they're the times and i was like oh maybe it would have been better to stay, but now we're through it and it's going really well. And there's, you know, I, 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 you know, as I said, 90% of the time or whatever it is, or 195, I, I never doubted that it was the right move. It was around that like lack of financial sort of, um, I guess assurance, mostly for my family. Like, you know, I, my wife was good job as well. So she was able to earn, which helped us a little bit um, in that sort of trade-off of startup versus good government job. Um, but now we're really happy now that we decided to stay with it yeah
0: okay so okay let's go and talk all things kogo so this is kogo you rebranded it in 2018 so can you just tell me in a nutshell what is kogo and then you were working with conscious consumer this name for such a long time and then you changed it and rebranded it in the uk so tell us everything about that
1: sure sure so i guess Conscious consumers, and now the name Kogo, the product is trying to do the same thing, really, which is it's trying to help people uh, understand uh, how their spending is impacting on the world. So you know, we say we help you align your spending with your environmental and social values. So if you say I really want people to be paid better wages, or you know, reduce climate change, or reduce my plastic, you know, waste that I, you know, when I buy. Kogo helps you understand and conscious consumers helps you understand what is the impact of buying from this business over that business so say you want to pay people good wages in the UK for example the way the product works is we integrate to your financial data so we have 35 banks that we connect into and so if you're a customer of uh, Monzo or you know Barclays bank whatever you can on our app you download our app and then you can connect all your financial data into the app and then we analyze it and tell you hey you told us you want to pay uh, want to buy from businesses that pay their workers a good wage well we have thousands of businesses that are on our app that pay a living wage so uh, it's certified living wage merchants so they pay more than just the minimum they pay like more than minimum and we can say to you hey June you told us you care about this but we can see you're buying in this coffee shop or this insurance company you should move to this alternative options of companies because they sell insurance and they sell coffee whatever near you and things but they also pay their staff a, a living wage and so the whole product is about helping people understand the choices they're making and so we analyze all your current spending and then we use sort of behavioral science to nudge you to be like hey not go and buy something because there's a discount and collect some points that you can earn and buy some toaster or stupid flight, whatever. It's actually saying, we're going to help you understand that the choices you're making are causing this impact on the world. And if you wanted to make better impact around the things that you care about, these are the recommendations. So that's conscious consumers. The reason the name changes, people couldn't spell conscious.
0: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so not good on, on SEO stuff. I know. And uh, people don't want to be thought of as a consumer really you know like it's sort of I don't want to you know our, our demographic is sort of 20 30 35 sort of year old women particularly millennial really that are like I want to be creating I want to be part of the world a citizen in the world yes I know that government's failing at solving climate change and plastic waste, but I want to know that I'm contributing to a world that's aligned with what I care about and everyone's different some people like might really want to support Locally owned and you know female led businesses, for example, or ones with good gender pay gap and things or not much of a gap, other people might be like animal welfare, and I can't buy anything that's like animal products, or other people might like climate change. so everyone's different, so our job is to make you go to sleep at night, thinking, "Ah, oh, I'm making the world something that's good inside my values. So the product is an app, but the second part of the product, which is where we're growing quite a lot in Australia, as an example, which I'll talk about, is it's going to take a lot to grow the business by just getting people to download another app and and use another app. And so more and more now, the partnerships we're, we're working on are around integrating our data into like you know, Bank of Malaysia or something like that, big banks in different markets where instead of having to download another app, you can just open up your app and it would tell you your banking app, here's your carbon footprint, for example. So. We'll be announcing quite a few partnerships in the next weeks uh, and months with lots of banks who are going to use our data and put it inside their own banking app. Um, yeah, but there's heaps of opportunities. It's it's just the start. This is going to be a, we call it a rainbow unicorn, which is a unicorn, but it's also rainbow colored because it's going to change the world in a good way, not just grow, you know, to be a billion dollar business.
0: So your monetization is with the partnership with the banks, right?
1: Currently, app, yeah. The app is free Uh, in time. We, you know, like, I don't know, like with Google, like with Facebook, like with other platforms, in time, you could sell services for the businesses that are on the app. So, you know, basically, uh, you know, sell marketing and uh, insights to those retail businesses that are on our app. But the main monetization currently is, yeah, working with banks um, and they pay a sort of license fee, so a subscription for all of the data that we give them and and, and then ends up on their app. So yeah, that's the current, but it's not just banks. We've got supermarkets. We've got, you know, Google Pay and Apple Pay and Stripe and all these big platforms um, are looking to help uh, their customers and understand the stuff. So I think we're starting to diversify into new markets as well.
0: Okay, is this, does this have a competitor?
1: Well, it's funny because it's almost, as you said, there's two real businesses here. One's like, There's the app, which you can download, like a direct-to-consumer sort of proposition. Um, I'd say ours is probably um, one of the most advanced in the world. There's there's more and more now coming, like three years ago or 10 years ago when we had conscious consumers, we were like, yeah, one of a kind. I guess in the last year, there's been a massive acceleration of, of products to market. I still think the combination of financial data Uh, and sustainability data and behavioral science means that we're probably still category leader in that sort of direct-to-consumer. The other business, which is the sort of sustainability data company, which powers, I mean, again, we're probably one of maybe three or four in the world that uh, are winning the big deals now uh, with some of these banks. So, yeah, it's really exciting because essentially it's building a new category of of business and we're like, yeah. And in five years' time you'll be like, Yeah, Ben Gleisner, he was on this podcast. Way back then. I think it's that sort of a business. Like it's gonna go it's gonna go big. There's a heap of interest across the world in it. And we wanna make this a Kiwi company that's um yeah, competing on the world stage. Um and why not? Eh? That's that's what uh entrepreneurialism is about, and especially when you wanna change the world as well in a good way, it's like it's even more reason to do it. So yeah.
0: Yeah, so you went to the UK for a, a scholarship at Google, right?
1: Yeah, Google have a startup program um, that was focused on tech for good companies. So um, that was one reason. There was actually about three reasons to go to the UK. But yeah, one of the reasons was that Google was supporting us and supported us with um, an office in London. Uh, it started off with just two people <laughs> and then we were about 16 when I left uh uh, UK so it grew and yet we focus on UK for also because of the financial sector it's quite progressed in terms of this thing called open banking which you talked about which is just the banks in the UK have to share the data with the customers who, who bank with them and work with parties like us to help their customers access services like our accounts. Um but yeah UK was a, a good choice
0: yeah. So Until twenty-five thousand.
1: Until COVID <laughs> happened. <Yeah. laughs> anyway. So
0: you have so you have twenty-five thousand downloads, I think. Actually, we're yeah,
1: we're at more like forty now, but yeah, there's about a hundred thousand across the entire product. So that's the app again. So, and in some ways, that's almost just a fraction of where we're going to be through the API because I don't know one of the banks we work with, NetWest, for example, they have ten million plus. Santander, who we just announced a partnership with, they have a hundred million. Uh, customers across the world so yes our app's great and it's got tens of thousands but we're sort of with these banking partnerships we're going to be able to reach millions which is sort of where we want to be in terms of creating impact. yeah but um yes the the app has done well in uk
0: okay great what are some of your um company's expansion plan this year um let's talk about um maybe Australia. let's start with australia
1: yeah well lucky any australians listening to the show um We're uh, working with actually all of the main banks and and quite a few of the other ones to bring Kogo's data into, you know, those banking apps experiences. So I think that's definitely the next big market we're we're focused on in terms of outside UK, New Zealand. Um, So, yeah, by the end of the year, at least a couple of the banks are going to have... sustainability data inside their experience it should be great because people are really wanting to know a bit more about their impact in the world and, and a bank's well positioned because it knows where you're spending and therefore we can tell you a bit about your impact so that's Australia um it's fair to say every week there's probably now more than more than once a week now we get inquiries from from banks so this last week Japan Singapore uh, Hong Kong, not Malaysia, unfortunately, but you know, at some point. But anyway, definitely those three, um, those three countries, and then lots of Europe and North America and Canada. So we're getting interest in terms of where we feel like the opportunity set is. Um, yeah, northern Western Europe, definitely uh, North America, and yeah, we don't we don't see um, maybe a large areas of the Asian market being right now it's definitely coming like it's definitely going to be somewhere where people bank with some of these uh, organizations or, or uh, on WeChat or whatever they they are starting to want more transparency about the stuff that they buy and things so it's going to be around the world in, in five years but probably in the order of North America Northern Europe into Asia um, and then Middle East.
0: Okay so tell me how this works so I have a respect account and then um and then if you if and and you're in Westpac nz right so
1: yes
0: and they are integrated so okay like i want to go and buy a coffee and you would kogo would suggest us to go to xyz coffee shop because they use um, recyclable
1: for example yeah let's say you've come june and said to us um uh like or on Westpac's app at the moment, it's just climate. So if the focus is around reducing your carbon footprint. So I'll, actually, I'll give you an example of that because it's, it's an example, right? So on, on Westpac, on the app, because we have all that data on your spending, we know that you've spent you know, this much on your fuel and this much on your electricity and this much on your eating and drinking. You might have told us you're a vegetarian, so it's slightly lower than it would otherwise have been. Um, So we've got almost like a history of your spending we then can see say you bought from a high street fashion business and the journey would start with hey june you've told us you want to reduce your carbon footprint uh you've you've bought a hundred dollars for clothing here there are two things you could do next time thinking about it one would be try a rental fashion business so that you can rent some of those clothes um for 20 percent of the cost and things or maybe you could try more and more like secondhand or whatever there's there's other options right and so we then recommend you other businesses nearby and so then when you go and buy from that business we pat you on the back and say hey well done you bought you rented that dress rather than buying it that means your carbon footprint's this much lower and so we, we we do we call it the ethical nudge which is nudging you towards businesses that are better aligned to things like yeah reducing your carbon footprint but In time, the coffee shop example is a good one. So it might be like, so you've told us you want to reduce your plastic waste, you've been buying from this coffee shop. Round the corner from that coffee shop is one that lets you bring your own cup and uh, gives you a discount, for example. And then when you go and buy from that coffee shop, we might be like, hey, well done, Um, that's one less cup in the, you know, landfill or something. So yeah, you get it. eh? It's just sort of, it's 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 not trying to get you better deals or like you know save money as such is more about how do you go home and feel good about talking to your family about the fact that as a family we're helping to you know reduce our plastic or climate change or buy from more businesses that are owned by female or indigenous communities and things like that whatever matters
0: okay um, how do you communicate this with the consumer do they need
1: it's either one yeah so yeah good example so in the uk um and this is where the sort of product has evolved so it's it, in New Zealand and UK right now you download Kogo so you download a Kogo app you connect you basically press a button that says here's my bank or here's my bank that so they work with we then connect into your bank and we pull that banking data but you're only using Kogo so that's the main product at the moment in, in UK New Zealand what's happening more and more and we're, we're announcing something in a in, in a few weeks um is is the banks themselves so Are also wanting to have the same experience that we've got in Kogo, but inside the banking app. So, not now, as in right now, you won't be able to open your banking app and see all the stuff, but that's where it's heading. That's where the company sort of growth. And, you know, as I said, we work in NetWest and um, Santander and the Australian banks I mentioned, and all the banks here in New Zealand, they're all working at different degrees of sophistication on. Bringing some of these experiences inside their bank. So you won't need to in the future download Kogo if you just don't want to get like, I don't know, another app or you just want to have a little bit of a experience. You'll be doing it in your banking app or you'll do it. Apple watch will pop up and say something or whatever. When you bought something in Google Pay or when you're, you know, on Amazon or you're in a your supermarket shopping app. That is where I think you'll start seeing powered by Kogo as a sort of brand supporting you to understand how much of my shopping bill last month was causing climate or how much of my plastics going down from my shopping bill. Like, you know, how much, you know, so that sort of information will start appearing in supermarket shopping apps and things, but yeah.
0: Okay, at the I saw your, uh, at the end of the website, your Kogo website, it says that, you know, you have black and white, that you're very conscious about personal data because you're, you, you know, having um, partnership with bankings and those are all very sensitive information banking information so tell us some of the ways that you actually protect your consumers any one of your consumers data and then from cyber attacks and stuff like that sure
1: sure. i mean it's no question that we were we're asking people to connect what is a very valuable set of data uh that they currently have i think one thing i often say is that if we don't keep the trust of the people on our app for app we will we'll lose their trust and then we lose the opportunity to both yeah, influence them, and you know, and ultimately then we don't have a business. So number one priority is that we protect people's um, the trust. We're quite happy so far. Uh, I'll tell you about how we do that. But with the actual, you know, nearly half of the people that download our app actually connect their banking data. So it's quite crazy. Like we were like, are people going to want to do this? It's quite you know personal, but. I think the one thing is that people, I think, really do want to know this impact they're having in the world and are willing to, I guess, take the risk in some ways of handing over the data. But then we also manage risk. So, you know, the company has it's called penetration tests. So when we work with the banks and have all the integrations, they need assurance that the data that's being passed on to us is really legitimate. So we have had a lot of security tests, external organizations coming in, almost, as you say, trying to hack us. And figuring out you know what's dependent what the sort of weaknesses are we also are 100% cloud based so we work with AWS and so the infrastructure we've built is working in partnership with them and so they're also very supportive and help us make sure in some ways you don't want to say it but some of the banks own ecosystems that are actually less modern and less secure than what we're building in now it's almost like yeah so I don't want to say that you're more likely to have your bank app or your banking data hacked than you are on ours. But in some ways, we are building a more modern um, technology stack. But everything we do um, is is done with the care of the of the people who, who have trusted us with their data. So whether it's uh, policies internally around nobody, <coughs> nobody in the company can access the data that sits on our servers, we have a um, double encryption, and so that, you know, it, it's very... It, we, we hold it with a lot of care, not just for external hacking, but around the use of it within the company itself, so it's all anonymized, for example, as soon as it comes in. We don't keep any personal information we just say we don't need that information to make our product work. Uh, and we make sure that whenever there is it, it's like a concrete wall effectively between someone's personal information uh, like their name and things and then. The financial data so we, we we just care about it a lot and we uh, we have never had an issue today
0: and that is all the time that we have for today thank you ben for joining us
1: no problem yeah everyone have a great day i hope you enjoyed it and look us up we say let's go change the world let's go go